0: We've all gone through a massive shift over the last two and a half to three years in terms of business, our workplaces, things have been kind of thrown up in the air. We are now working differently in different locations with different people in different ways. And that has created a huge amount of instability. And because of all this uproar and upshift and change, you would think that organizations by now will have pivoted to a quote, new normal of talent management and in performance success. However, there are organizations that are still massively losing the talent War in 2022. And here are three reasons why. Why is it that organizations are still losing the talent war in 2022? You would think that we would have learned a lot of lessons throughout COVID, that we would have learned lessons even prior to COVID around how to engage staff. So, what is going on? And to me, it comes down to three big things. If your organization is struggling to maintain talent, I want you to take a very close look at your leadership or your senior leadership and how they communicate, because if leadership has poor communication skills, then that's going to ripple into the culture of the organization. So there are sort of three subsets to this communication piece that I want to address today. The first is a lack of transparency. There is an old school thinking. That if you don't know the answer, you don't say anything at all. That doesn't fly in today's age of information. We are all online every day and we're getting information at more and more rapid paces. Here's the reality is that when you say nothing, that in and of itself is a message. So a lack of transparency in what you're saying and how you're saying it will be very obvious to people out there now in today's information age. What would have worked 30 years ago no longer works today. Being able to say, we don't know the answers. We're looking into it. We don't have all the information to make a decision yet. It isn't clear. The data is not in. To be able to say those things is fine because then at least people say, okay, well, at least they're looking into it. And we don't start concocting as staff ideas about what the leadership is thinking. Second poor communication skill that can really create a scene of toxicity within your organization and just have you ooze out your talent is the use of sort of narcissistic behaviors like gaslighting or bully style um, communication styles. So that means you like a bull in a china shop, you're just walking in and saying, everybody do as I say, because I'm the boss, I don't care what you have to say. And I don't care how hard it is. And I don't want to hear about the problems. And I don't want to hear about the risks. And I don't want to hear about it I just F and do it. That kind of style is not conducive to an engaged workforce, gaslighting, blaming the victim, blaming the staff for problems when the management is part of the problem. That is something that has to stop because if you're doing that in your organization, people are not going to trust you. And they're certainly not going to be loyal to you. And the third piece of this communication issue is the notion of a lack of frequency or provision of clear statements or information. So it's kind of tied to that lack of transparency piece where there's a lack of frequency. You want to make sure that you frequently inform your staff as to where the senior management is or isn't on a on a problem on an issue on a challenge on a target so that you're frequently communicating i used to do this regularly where i would have weekly meetings i had an open door policy i always discussed issues as they came up everything i said was either transparent or was frequently shared as much as i could i mean clearly there are limits to this from a from a leadership perspective there are certain things that maybe have some secrecy or some confidentiality associated with it but for the most part Wherever you can, you want to increase your frequency of communications with your staff. The second big issue that causes talent to just leave your organization and fails the staff is the lack of career growth or leadership development. Now, I've had a few clients say this to me in the past several months where they were looking or thinking about leaving organizations that they were with because they didn't see how they could grow in that environment. So some of the reasons behind the lack of growth or career progression in organizations is because there's no clear budget for either training or for coaching for employees, or more specifically, there's no career growth path for junior or mid-level career uh, employees within the organization. There's always seems to be a focus on the executive cadre. The Government of Canada does this, by the way. This is a critique I have of the Government of Canada, is there's not enough forward thinking about the feeder groups into the executive cadre. We do a lot of coaching at the EX1, 2, and 3 levels for people who want to get to the next level or who want to successfully onboard in their new executive role. But we don't do a lot of thinking about that EX1, 2, or even 3 levels where you have have those sort of middle managers or senior managers who really are aspiring to become directors and associate directors and so on, but don't have the coaching or the mentoring or the programming to really help them get there. Yes, there are courses at various colleges and so on that people can take, but sometimes having somebody on the inside or somebody who understands what it's like to work on the inside, help them to grow and to provide a leadership development plan that can have a one to five year horizon is really important. It keeps them engaged because they feel like they're making progress in their careers, even if they're not immediately being promoted. So I think that you need to make sure as an organization, whether you're a public service organization or a private for-profit organization, is to look at what's your training and coaching budget. And I would want to shift the dynamic to move a little bit away from the executive cadre and take a little bit of a look at the feeder groups that are going to eventually succeed or be part of the succession planning for those executives. Because if those executives leave, you want to have people within the organization who understand everything about your business lines, who understand the operations, who get the policies and know how to run the office, right? To get those executive positions, but you can't get them there unless they have the executive presence and the executive skills and acumen needed to be able to be successful in those roles. So again, look at training, look at coaching, The ROI on coaching and mentorship is clear. If you look at the evidence out there, you can have as much as 300% ROI when you hire a coach to help people train and onboard as new executives, for example. You have improved culture, you're gonna have improved performance and improve staff engagement, which ultimately will drive up your client positive interactions. It's going to increase your customer satisfaction and your profit margins, if that's what you're looking for, or your performance metrics, if you're in a public service domain. The other part of the lack of career mentoring development piece is a logistics one. It's that people have been complaining to me that they are so overwhelmed with the amount of work because people are expected to do more and more with less and less, especially as we go into recessionary timeframes. And because of that, they do just simply don't have the time to grow and develop as uh, as a career person or as someone who wants to grow in their careers what happens is we as organizations create these cultures of what I like to call pants- on fire emergency cultures right where you're going from fire to fire to fire and having to extinguish constantly and you never have time to just take a breath and reevaluate your plans or reevaluate what you're doing in your career I think that as an organization we need to make sure that we do as much as possible to reduce the pants on fire emergency culture to one where you're being a bit more proactive and more strategic in your approach to career development and talent management. And it might mean putting more resources on a file where you have one person doing the job of three. Just putting that out there because ultimately here's what it comes down to. You go ahead and hire another person or two to help that person so they can grow their careers. Here's a talent that won't leave your organization that you're not going to have to recruit for. Like look at the recruiting costs, what it costs you to have a turntable staffing situation. If people are constantly leaving your organization, that costs you money. So you're going to want to cut those costs. How do you cut those costs? You invest in other areas so that you can get a return on that investment by not having people you know, turn style out the door every five minutes. It's just a numbers game. Do the math. It will make sense. And the third massive reason, and I would actually say is probably the number one reason in this day and age is that they are not being valued or that their well-being is not being prioritized. What does that mean? Well, that means that this organization is valuing profits over people or driving performance over people because public servants don't have profits to worry about but performance in these unrealistic self-inflicted deadlines or self-inflicted political moves those things can actually create a large amount of pressure on talent uh too great a focus on that and not on the employees makes the employees believe and feel and know that they are not valued only the work the numbers the results are valued another side of this is when mental health or well-being is provided lip service, but not actually followed up in action. I know of organizations personally that talk, the big talk about supporting their employees, et cetera. However, when it comes to the actual Action that they take to support their employees, there's very little to back it up. It's all lip service, it's checking the boxes, but it's not actually creating an environment that allows for staff to feel supported. Remember that it's essential for organizations to create a people first organization because, as Richard Branson said, and I'm going to quote or paraphrase you know, if you take care of your employees, your clients will be taken care of de facto. Because what happens is if you take care of your people, then you don't have to worry about them ma- meeting their mandates. You don't Have to worry about them performing and meeting their objectives or their targets because if you treat your people like people instead of machines, they will perform for you, they will be loyal to you, they will do everything they can for you because human beings want to be in service. That doesn't mean you coddle, it doesn't mean you baby, it doesn't mean that somebody can just get away with being off every five minutes. There's still limits, but within those limits and parameters, there's respect, there's kindness, and there's a culture of people first, and well being matters. And the last thing I'm going to to say about well-being is well-being is a leadership problem. The problem that I'm seeing right now in organizations that I and I'm seeing it through the clients I'm talking to is that the organizations are blaming it or placing it as a human resources issue. Well-being of staff and talent management is a leadership problem. It is not an HR problem. If you are the CEO and calling your HR director and bitch whining and complaining about the turnover and bitch whining and complaining about how people are complaining to you about the culture of the organization, it's on you, brother or sister. It is not on the HR director to fix how you are not leading your organization properly. So I'm putting it out there that this is a leadership issue. And if you don't step up in your leadership, you will continue to have these issues because no HR director, even the best HR director on the planet will not be able to fix your lack of leadership. Any of this sound familiar? You want me to come in and do a little assessment to figure out what the state of your organization is? I can help you. There are links down below if this is something you're interested in. So what do you do to turn things around? Well, the first thing is you grow your leaders. And how do you do that? You invest in the development through coaching and mentorship. If your or staff or your leadership within your organization do not have the time or the span or the width to be able to take on mentorees or provide a mentor-like relationship with people to help them grow in their organization, then I suggest you hire people who can professionally mentor your staff for you. Now, when you hire an executive coach, and by the way, executive coaches is kind of a misnomer. It's not just for executives. It's to grow leaders, period at any level, and that's what I do for a living, you can hire these people to come in and have a conversation with your staff about where they are, where, they're, where they wanna be, where the gaps are, and help develop these leadership development plans for you on your behalf. And then all you have to do as a leadership is to support them in that growth. The other piece is developing your leaders, current leaders, your current senior leaders right now in your organization. Have them coached to figure out where their leadership skills are strong, where there are gaps, and how do you kind of fill the piece In between, so that they can be the best leader that they can be, so that they can lead their teams more effectively. Because when you develop your leaders, you then develop a coaching culture, inevitably. Because what will happen is the leaders themselves will learn how they show up, they'll go through the process of coaching, they'll get comfortable asking important and hard questions of their staff, and they themselves can be taught how to coach others. And then you create a coaching culture, rather than a boss filled sort of bully culture, you have one where there's conversation, there's dialogue, and there's an interchange of conversation between the employee, the manager, and the senior leadership. The second thing you could do is provide opportunities to grow. Again, this is about assessing workflow. It's about ensuring staff have the time to think, the access for talent management and talent progression. So again, provide opportunities. And if you don't know where to look, hire somebody to help you find those opportunities. But at the end of the day, really, it's just about taking a minute and thinking about where can we grow our employees. And you know what? Don't think you know what your employees want. That's a mistake that leaders make. It's a mistake that coaches make where we think we know what's best for our clients or we think we know what our clients want. Ultimately, you have to ask the question of the people that you're going to serve. So ask your employees, what do they want to grow? Ultimately, they're going to tell you. You don't have to come up with ideas on your own. The last thing I'm going to say that burns leaders every single time is stop talking and not walking it. You need to back that up with action because your words are one thing. But if you don't follow up with action, it's complete nutter utter bullshit to people. They're going to be like, yeah, whatever. It's all lip service. It's just to check the box on the executive performance bonus thing. They really don't care about us, right? So if you really want your staff to be loyal, to stick around, to grow with your career your organization then you have to back up your talk with action walk the talk align your values if you want any help if any of this resonates with you as a leader in an organization if you yourself want coaching or you think that your team could use it link down below with a 30 minute meeting. Let's get together to see how and if I can help you in that regard. And if you're a leader yourself, and you're just not sure where to start your leadership development, I have a self assessment questionnaire linked down below. If you click on it, and you join our uh, mailing list, you will get access to a free self assessment questionnaire that I will provide to you and at least get you started to kickstart on thinking on how you show up And what behaviors are you demonstrating on a regular basis? And where do you think you need to grow as a leader? Thanks again for watching this. If you're on YouTube or listening to this on the podcast, I do appreciate the time that you take to be with me every single week. And if you like this kind of content, leadership and or career growth related, please make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast because I am here every single week. Remember, I'm here solely to help you be the best leader you can be so you can grow in your career. Have a great week, folks. Until next time, stay safe.